You are listening to the weekly Great Governance Podcast hosted by Dr. Harlan. So why do we do what we do? We are on a mission to find and voice the hidden stories of excellence in local government so that others are motivated to lead and transform communities. We share information and profile local government practitioners and active citizens who are ethically leading change and innovation in communities and showcase this on our various digital media platforms. So in today's episode, we look at the energy crisis in the country and we travel all the way to the free state uh, in the Mavube municipality, in fact, and we are in discussion with Chris Bosch. So welcome onto our platform, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Holland. So let's, let's start at the beginning. Tell us about yourself and why is it that you do what you do? Well, like all engineers, it seems in South Africa, I uh, started at Eskom. I had a half a bursary for two years. I completed my uh, engineering degree at the University of Pretoria in 1992 and uh, became a professional engineer, registered as a professional engineer in 1996, but I'm also a qualified installation electrician. So I've kind of played on both sides of the fence uh, over the last 30 years. Okay, and today you find yourself in an organization, I know you wear many hats, but the one that we particularly interested here is, is we're talking about the energy crisis and you started an organization called Rural Free State. Tell us about this organization. Yes, that's the one that's closest to my heart, Tarlan. It had its roots in rural maintenance. Uh, that is our over-encompassing entity that we provide utility services to the private and the public sector. And Rural Free State uh, is an entity that we set up uh, within rural maintenance to specifically look after the towns of Frankfurt in the Free State, uh, Villiers, Twirling, and uh, Cornelia. So I'm, I'm responsible for all services delivery in the group. And um, uh, really, over the time, We've had two big successes and one uh, big disappointment. Um, we turned around the electricity services delivery in Mafube, which comprises Frankfurt, obviously. And we also, which very few people may be aware of, in 2014, it took us about seven months to turn around the electricity infrastructure of a municipality that is 10 times the size of Mafube, which was called Maluti Apafong. Mm. Now, um, it was only recently that the agri and the, the normal businesses in uh, Frankfurt actually approached us and said, listen here, we want to become part of the solution for our town. Our town doesn't have enough electricity. Load shedding is killing all of us. It's not just, uh, it's not just the impact on the poor or the rich. It is we are all negatively affected. And um, they approached us because they saw what, what we did in Twirling. We built our first little small pilot plant in Twirling, a 480 kilowatt plant with our partner there, um, Paige Makalamele. And from there, uh, we now have uh, set up a, a generation entity and uh, we have 21 shareholders of which we represent two of those shareholders. And uh, we are now generating electricity there where the people need it. Okay, so you are essentially a private energy producer as well. Besides the maintenance, you also on the other side have got, you are a private energy producer. Uh, that is correct, because we need 
energy in in our country and if we need to provide the jobs that people require in South Africa and there's so much joblessness for us to actually be successful in South Africa our neighbor can't go and sleep hungry we need to those of us that have the means must do everything in their power to create economic growth so that there can be jobs and so that our neighbors can also have access to electricity and sleep on a full belly Okay, so so this concept when I when I was doing some research uh, before our, our discussion, I, I read you talk about in this Mafube municipality you actually do self load shedding. What, what what is that? It's the first time I came across that word self load shedding. Yes, and and that's something that if I can if I can uh, uh, advise your listeners also Holland is there's a document called NRS 048-9 and every South African citizen should actually read that document because that sets out how load shedding has to be managed or how load shedding is managed in South Africa today mm. and the only term what that means self load shedding means it is not eskom that pulls the entire switch to the town every 4 or 6 hours or 2 hours it is the municipality or the services provider like ourselves which now divide the town into five zones which is what we did in frankfurt we divided it into five zones after we consulted with a with a community and we now do our rotational load shedding uh, as per eskom's program in those five zones so that actually just means that when we do our own load shedding it means that the entire town isn't dark at one go mm. that there are certain areas in town which remain alive so somebody could go to a petrol station which is in the town where there's still electricity um and and we managed to put together customized load shedding schedules ours run on a week so if eskom doesn't change the various levels of load shedding in in the day mm. you would know that i'm on i'm in zone 1 and this is my program for the rest of the week so one can plan uh, also we keep all the sanitation and water pumps running 24/7 without burning diesel which is a huge benefit we spend quite a bit of money on the infrastructure to make sure that we supply those uh critical equipment the water and sanitation pumps that we can keep them alive uh, yeah. whilst we still perform load shedding on all our other customers and then the backbone remains largely energized which means all the the theft of the the copper cables have actually basically come to an end um because everybody knows that the the backbone remains alive and they don't know here and there where there's a cable that may be dead uh, no one knows which is the dead cable and as you know electricity is very dangerous so so we have very few uh, inconvenience um inconveniences for our customers when the electricity comes back again the cables have been stolen like we see in many other municipalities but where we do self load shedding when the power comes back on there's about a 99% chance that the cables have have still remained intact and then also those you know the the bad electricity that actually uh, damages your fridge or damages your light bulbs or your electronic equipment we call it low voltage events mm. now there were about 30 low voltage events a day uh, a month in mafube 30 of them before we did the loads the self load shedding and those low voltages 
occurred for up to one and a half hours at a time, which really is a big uh, negative impact on your appliances. And we managed with our self-load shedding because we switch smaller loads and we switch them more regularly. Mm. We've only had one of those instances. So you can see the community is, is benefiting tremendously from if municipalities can actually in a responsible manner do their own load shedding. But this very aspect of self-load shedding got you into trouble with ESCOM. Uh, yes, not the not the self-load shedding as as such, yeah. but uh, a, a rather rather the fact that we didn't want to switch off certain certain zones, and the reason for that was because we we energized the last phase or the second last phase of our solar plant in December of last year. Mm. We saw that we were generating more electricity than what we needed to load shed. So if 10 o'clock in the morning, we were generating three megawatts, for instance, and we saw that the area we have to now switch off was only consuming one and a half megawatts, then we're saying that we are putting new electricity on the grid, three megawatts of new electricity, and, and, and we now need to switch off one and a half. That doesn't make sense. That's the reason why we're buying the new energy is so that, so that we can give continuity of supply to our customers. And that's actually what got us into trouble and that, that we obviously don't see eye to eye with, with Eskom. But Eskom is saying, simply saying, they say you're not playing by the rules. You want to do your own thing. You, uh, how do you respond to that? Yes, no. Eskom says we want to do our own thing, but but they need to give the examples. We are a responsible uh, utility services provider. We adhere to all the rules and we honor all the rules. Even now, the fact that that we feel we got a raw deal and that the judge didn't even couldn't even uh, look at the merits of the case. It was just a technicality uh, that was introduced by by Eskom, and that's that's why the judge said, "Let's stop it here." Um, I'm not going to look at the merits of, of, of the case. Um, all the other, even though we got that, un, we feel un, unfair judgment, not obviously the judge was, wasn't unfair, um, but the, the, the verdict, how it played out, even with that, we are still honoring and we are not uh, load shedding or not uh, avoiding anybody. We absolutely playing by the rules. But you know, Holland, this is the time that we all need solutions in South Africa and communities need to understand nobody's going to come to our rescue from America or from Europe or from uh, North in Africa. We are on our own and South Africans need to now pull together, see what is a responsible solution and then act on that responsible solution so that we can in fact assist to make this crisis less for all of us. Okay, so so you, so you say part of the thing that drives you is, is this, this need to empower communities who are suffering under load shedding. How do you plan to do this? You see, um, again, then, and we we try and we try and bring the the message over. Our lives are perhaps 50, 60 years that we can add if we are very lucky. If we can add to the economic growth uh, of of the country, and then we die, and and we take nothing with us. So so if we can help while we while we are here and while we are able bodied and and we have the energy. We need to now actually drive and and get it better for for our communities. And how do you get it get it better for our for, for your communities? Is you actually get them 
on the same page as what you are. You tell them what you're going to do. You get their buy-in. I mean, it was like like the farmers and the, the, the businesses to, to put up this uh, power plant. We said to them, guys, it seems that there may be a problem that, that we can't get uh, our approvals from the municipality. And, and they said, but uh, Chris, we have money. Let's build the power plant. I'm sure you guys can use it because everybody in Frankfurt can actually make use of, of the electricity. So, so the, the shareholders, uh, black and white, in our, in our FF Renewables company that holds the assets for the, for the generators, they, they, not one of them asked how much money can we make from the scheme. Mm. Everybody said this energy must make load shedding less and it must make it more bearable for our neighbors. And that's how we're going to do it going forward. We see, and to bring it closer to Paul Holland, which is which is here in your backyard, we see that from Smarty Town to Valdivie, mm. we don't have load shedding and we all cooperate. Mm. And hopefully we're working on a, on a scheme um, for that that's very doable. And uh, hopefully uh, the municipality will see it as a doable one as well, where we as private sector and the community can actually get busy and and actually alleviate that load shedding together. Because without us, and that's our belief, without increasing the price of electricity, we Mm. should be able to to actually put electricity on the grid uh, that that we don't have load shedding. And and really, that is a a, a big possibility to happen relatively quickly. And the the petition that you guys have uh, going, I picked up on the social media on the petition. uh, And and what drives this petition is what we were exactly talking about. You need to empower communities. Tell us about the petition. Yes, the petition is is simply to bring awareness in the communities so that they can see, guys, this is our little bit to bring under the attention of government, that government should allow uh, communities to actually help themselves. Currently, there's a myriad of laws and regulations which make it very difficult uh, to actually even just help your neighbor. If you throw your the extension cord over the over the boundary wall, you in actual fact uh, in breach of of one of the laws which 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 is written in the electricity regulation act so um what we're saying is we're saying to to government this is our attempt to actually say to government government you continue with your generation and your solutions and everything that you're busy with nobody wants to criticize that on our side we don't want to stop it we we're very happy you're doing something but at, at in the same breath we're saying leave communities to actually find their way amongst themselves to structure themselves and come up with their own solutions. If Mm. government takes longer to be successful and the communities were allowed to do their own thing and they are successful, then fabulous. Government has bought themselves some time. If the communities are successful and government is successful, then we're going to have economic growth because we'll have cheap electricity. Again, there's no negative downside. And if the government is successful and communities are not successful, then the the communities are still saved because thankfully government was successful. So so we're trying to actually bring that under the attention of of the communities to support our our, um, petition and to actually say to government, look at this government, there's 2,000 or 5,000 or 20,000 or 200,000 
people in South Africa would say, please allow us to do something about the situation we find ourselves in. So, so do you think that it's a question of government not trusting business? It's definitely so. And I think it's time now that, that governments start trusting its citizens. Mm. At, at, at the end of the day, the, it's, it's just clear. We are all in this country because we want to be in this country. We, we love the environment. That's why we're doing business in South Africa, and that's why we're making an effort. And grassroots, Holland, across the board, from the cleaner in the street right up to um, the middle manager in uh, wherever I come, uh, the the, the uh, engagement is positive. There's support. I think we we we've gone past the the point of where we're actually looking at at racial lines. We now at a point in South Africa where uh, honest, hardworking South Africans that struggle every day to make a living. I think now's the time where we all realize we're all in trouble. We all need one another. And at, at the end of the day, if if this is the way for us to really start working together and, and loving each other, then perhaps the electricity crisis wasn't wasted. Yeah. But it's it's now the time for South Africans to to move forward together. So what you've achieved in the Mafubi municipality, can that in fact, you know, be replicated and and scaled? And and how would that look like? If I'm a municipality in Picketburg listening to you this, this afternoon, how do I replicate and scale this and become my own private energy producer with the support of business, of course? Very easily. Can you imagine if Picketburg was was listening today and I was the, the municipal manager and the mayor? I would have a look at this and say, Chris, are you saying to me that if we engage business and the farmers, that these guys will even bring the money and put it on the table and ring fence their own little asset, mm. which means Piketberg can have their own four megawatt generation plant in the space of four to six months. Mm. Now, can you imagine if it's not just Piketberg, but it's, but it's, a thousand municipalities, which each do their own thing with their farmers, with their businessmen, with their um, uh, uh, liquor dispensers, everybody in town clubbing together, putting money into, into their own solution. That means if a thousand towns can do that in parallel, mm. it means that in a year's time, we can have more than 4,000 megawatts onto the grid, which means our hospitals, our schools, our clinics, if the sun is shining, they can remain on. Mm. That gives Eskom a breathing space. It takes load off Eskom's transmission infrastructure, which is a big concern for, for Eskom. So, so this is something, it's not the ultimate solution. Let's be clear on that. But this is a very good step to mm. actually where all of us as citizens with a, a, a spirited municipal manager that's honorable and ethical, with a mayor that's honorable and ethical and caring about their communities. This is something that can that can be unleashed in South Africa in an extremely positive way, um, which will buy Eskom time to do what they need to do to get the grid stable. But isn't the solution then going back to court? Since you've, since you've lost on a technicality, should you not go back to court and appeal that judgment to to enable this, what you are just talking about here? You see, the, the municipality is the license holder. We're of the view that, to say that when we do a long-term concession, the assets in that town 
has to remain the assets of the of the owners of the properties in that town. In other words, the residents. We are totally against a private sector company buying or taking over the assets and the assets then becoming the private sector's uh, um, assets. We not we don't believe that. So the fact that we leave the assets with the municipality means that the municipality is still the license holder. Mm. Now, in the case of Frankfurt, the municipal manager is refusing to cooperate. Uh, he just says he has, he, he's, he has no comment. Um, the mayor uh, is also missing in action, and the administrator also doesn't want to want to be engaged. So, so here we're sitting. A political decision is negatively affecting the communities, and that's what we need to prevent going forward. So, if those communities cooperate yeah. with their with with willing and able and ethical and honest municipal officials and mayors. That's the, that's the solution. And I'm sure here in the Western Cape, we shouldn't. And if everybody get their act together here, we shouldn't have any load shedding in the Western Cape by the end of next year. That is definitely possible. But that means that, that people need to relax. They need to trust their communities and they need to look at the, the old antiquated laws. You know, Arlen, I, I often think about, um, and it's not the same thing, but in the 80s, was not easy for anybody in South Africa. It was, in fact, easy for nobody. The, what followed in the 90s was also very difficult, but it gradually improved. Now, as far as electricity is concerned, we're sitting at the same threshold as we did in 19, in the 1980s with apartheid. We need to address this electricity animal now. And mm -hmm. to address the electricity animal isn't going to be uh, I can stay in my comfort zone. We need to now do things differently. And and the, the one model that we put on the table is to say, government, trust your communities, because that's where we believe that's the answer. And that's that big threshold that government needs to actually cross that divide to, to make it better for their citizens, to allow their citizens to come up with the solutions that we need. I think I, I, I understand a bit better now what you're talking about, the petition side, is that communities need to understand what are the options available and then mobilize themselves. Because if you look at the definition of a municipality, it is uh, the political side, the admin side, and the community. And often the community, they're the silent partner. You know, uh, They're the end user, but the silent partner, not being aware of their rights and responsibilities. So am I right into saying that there's a, there's a lot of civic education that needs to happen so that we can all have the lights on? Spot on, absolutely spot on. Because you see, when it's normally the silent partner that puts all the money and takes all the risk, but has no say. And if if that silent partner, if the other two parties don't come to the party, it's just it's tears and unhappiness for the silent partner. And we need to change that so that the silent partner actually it doesn't matter who's in power, whether it's whatever political party, because at the end of the day, a political party is a political party. We need to isolate ourselves as communities in such a manner that when the one political party comes and the other one goes again, it doesn't matter. We can live and we can earn a living and we have stability in our life. And that is exactly as you put it. That is a lot of a lot of awareness has to be has to go out to communities to say, guys, we need to change things. 
Chris, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your passion uh, to keep the lights on with us. We need more passionate business people like yourselves to partner with communities. Uh, keep keep fighting, keep fighting and keep on and let us know uh, if there's anything that we can do further to support. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Harlan, and thanks for, for all your listeners. Take okay. care. Thanks for your blessings. Bye-bye. To the amazing and talented Great Governance team, The Voice, Mpumilali, and producer Al Ontong, respect and love. Keep the faith and let's work to make South Africa great right where we are. If you loved what you heard, subscribe to our Great Governance podcast that is available free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And of course, also on our HRD Governance Facebook page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend about us. Listen to learn.